Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Quick Change Podcast. I am your host, Shirley Gore. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. We are live and we are so excited to have our next two guests with us today. Today is a special, special occasion because this is the first time on the Quick Change Podcast that we have had a daddy-daughter duo. And on today, we have Dexter and Delisha Easley. They're a dynamic father and daughter ministry team. These two have answered the call to lead and shepherd God's people from coast to coast and around the world. Delisha Easley is a licensed evangelist missionary, and Dr. Dexter Easley is a senior pastor of a growing ministry in South Carolina. Now, the two are both authors of numerous books, but their latest book, which I can't wait to hit the shelves, is the foundation of their ministry. Now, we both know that God is using them in a time where fatherless homes are commonplace and the independent woman is strongly encouraged to not want or need a man. And a lot of us that are listening, we know exactly what that means. Now, the Easleys are are living examples that even broken homes don't have to mean broken relationships. Now, we we all know culturally that we think that broken homes equal broken relationships. So today we're going to find out exactly what that means. Now, from a rocky relationship in her teen years to not speaking for three years in an adult with an adult relationship with her father, Delisha knew she could not go on in purpose without mending this relationship. The return call is what led to another five years of establishing a true father-daughter relationship. The two now travel around the world, not only sharing their testimony, but helping other families mend the broken heart and establish legacy. Welcome, you all. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. How y'all doing today? Uh, You're just great, Jerry. Thank you for having us. We appreciate being with you. Yes, I'm great. I'm having a great day today. (laughs) Now, we're going to dive in just even um, I spoke with Delisha prior to this and I was like, Delisha, I'm moved just by the bio. You know, it's it's such a stigma where we don't really talk about broken relationships. We don't really talk about father daughter relationships, especially in the church. So, um, Pastor Easley, can you just dive in and just sort of kind of tell us what was the quickest change that had to happen coming from, you know, being an African-American? male, but not just an African-American male, but a a pastor of the church. What was the quickest change that had to happen for you to basically put your business out there? Well, the first thing of all is that the love of God has shared abroad in my heart. And I'm just jumping on the spiritual thing right now, but it was God's love in my heart that told me that I needed to deal and mend these things in my life. And that was the most great, that was the blessing at uh, having Delisha to be able to uh, open up that door of communication as well as me. My, my coming to, <laughs> coming to the light really happened when I, when I, when I got over the root of rejection mm. and that came as a man dealing with the man talking about being a man just being you know feeling that way mm-hmm. and pushing past that mm-hmm. in order to rebound and allow myself to be able to be open mm-hmm. to be able to bring that love back in so that's that's the that's the turning point mm-hmm. was that God dealt with my heart of love and dealt with that part of rejection that did not Delisha had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. it went back to my childhood mm-hmm. and the things that how I felt and the way I conducted myself myself yes. as a young man so I really was a, that was really the biggest challenge yes mm. Delisha what was the biggest challenge for you 
Um, the biggest challenge for me was, I guess I would say having a present father, but emotionally absent at times. So unlike my dad, my dad was better than, was, uh, I don't want to say better because I love my granddaddy, but he was a better father and being present and being there and being in the house like I you know I was raised with both parents in the home Mm -hmm. so statistically you know we're we're the example right Mm -hmm. we are we have done it we we are not going to be a statistic there's nothing that should be wrong but the importance of having your father um, emotionally connected with you um and spiritually connected mm-hmm. is is very important that a lot of people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. So then a dad or a man, um, I think as my dad would say, the difference between, you know, being just a male and a man is that you're not just saying, okay, well, I pay for this mm-hmm. and I take care of that mm-hmm. and I provide this. But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, you pay for, you, you have a roof over my head, but then we never talk about deeper mm. issues. Yes. And so I think for me, um, um, also being, being an adult and, and saying that's, that's, that's an issue that needs to be healed. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I can't have successful relationships, um, professionally or personally mm-hmm. without first dealing with, you know, your initial relationships with your parents. Mm-hmm. And so if those are all out of whack and you don't know how to, love properly you don't know how to serve properly you don't know how to give to other people Mm -hmm. the right way and so that was the that was the revelation that I received and then I was like okay I need to uh you know need to need to talk to someone get this this right my my mom was the first person to encourage she encouraged all of us to go to counseling after my parents I got um a divorce just to you know, figure out everything. Because she would always, no matter what we would say, she would, she would always say, she always says, he's still your father. Yes. And I would be like, okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I guess, he right. is still my father. But right. when that comes up, like, there's a part in the book, not giving away the book details, but where I talk about how um, the scripture that says love casts out all fear and that, that fear of, whatever it was that's trying to block our relationship, mm-hmm. I love, I still loved him. And I think me and my dad have talked about that too. We still loved each other and we still cared for each other. We just didn't know how to get to that point to talk real about our relationship. Yeah. And I think that's 30 seconds. I'm done. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here taking notes. It makes sense. So pastor, why is it such a stigma to, to go to counseling? Why, why as a, as a culture, um, just we are like either we say he crazy he'll be all right or don't tell nobody our business why why is that well let me let me i'm gonna go from a man perspective just because of the simple fact um one thing that we have to understand is that men when they hear the word counsel or going and sit down what they hear is t-a-l-k talk Yes. And men do not like to talk. We just don't like to talk. And, when, and the words that we do have is very limited. So when we are forced to be in a situation where we got to listen to 
our spouse, our children, our our, our whoever, mm-hmm. uh, in our family members or whoever. Now someone else is telling me what to do. And I don't want to hear that. And yes. so as a man, I think it's some of that is it, 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 it's geared in that. Mm-hmm. The other thing falls on the counseling. There's a lot of counseling out here that does not gear us based on the word, but based on the sociology aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not here to exempt the sociology aspect of it or put that down. But if, that's, if, that, if you maximize that and minimize their spiritual relationships, they leave the counseling sessions with processes and ideas and ideology, but they don't believe delivered. And so a lot of times uh, that's kind of the frustration for men is that they leave with a lot of more do's and don't rules and not really have a spiritual encounter with God that's going to be able to help him navigate through that. So on the perspective of man, I think that that's one of the stigmas that have happened, especially in the church. In the church, they make you make a choice. Whether you go to a counselor, you're going to go to the pastor. Now, I've been pastoring for about 20-something years. I've been in ministry for over 33 years or more. And and I'm telling you, uh, pastors, some of us are not qualified to counsel in the aspect of what that person needs in long term, short terms, and, and taking people through deliverance and, you know, ministering to them uh, that way. Uh, we are able, we are anointed to do it. We are called to do it, and we're able to do that. But when it comes to dealing with the sequences and the, the ionces that are consistent with uh, help from one level to another level in relationship, mm-hmm. sometimes we fall short on that. Right. And I think that that's what it is. I think that um, uh, that stigma. But we've all, we've been a family that we really believe in it, but I had a rough time with it as well because I love the council, but I didn't, you know, I, it was hard for me to go to, especially as a pastor. Yes. You, you know, you're supposed to know it all. Right. You know, you're supposed to be the man. Right. You know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to have all the answers. Right. So, you know, with me, it was, it was even, it, it was even the male thing and it was on that as well. And I, I wouldn't call it necessarily just pride, but I think it smells like pride and looks like pride and most mm-hmm. likely it's pride. But anyway, <laughs> the, you know, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of how I felt because I had all this experience in counseling and all this experience. And the same way that Lisa was just talking about my divorce, when, when, when we got divorced, my, uh, when her, her, my mom got it, her, her mom and I got a divorce. It was a, it was a man. It was, it was really rough, you know. Yes. So, uh, because, you know, you're supposed to have an answer and look at, look at what's going on with you and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's happening with you. And there was no, no sin involved or anything like that, but we definitely, uh, needed some help in that area. So yes. I'm the first one to say, listen, go to council, get some help. Uh, let somebody walk you through this, uh, this maze of, yes. of, of questions and, and, and allow yourself to get delivered from the pain. And allow the Holy Spirit to really uh, handle you, you know, those type of things. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, it was, it was, no, it was, it was delicious. No, we needed that. Delisha, what do you, what do you have to say for, for our daughters that are like counseling for what? You know, he's my dad. He's supposed to know how to love me. He's a pastor. Why, why, can't, why can't God just deal with it? You know, who, what do you, what do you say to those women that, that think, that counseling for what? Yeah, I I say um, first of all, we can't put everything on God, right? Yes. Um, a lot of what we do, God has given us a free will, and so we have we make choices mm-hmm. and we make decisions mm-hmm. based off of uh, what we know 
what we think we know. Yes. <laughs> and then what we need to know. Yes. So I, I think that especially as, as women and especially as black women, um, I, you know, I haven't surveyed a hundred people, so I'm not going to say this is mm-hmm. proven, but in, mm-hmm. in the small amount of women that I know, and have interacted with a lot of the issues still root back to their relationship with their father, even if it's, if it's good or if it's bad and, or if it's something like we could have went on with our lives, right? Mm-hmm. We would have been fine. Mm-hmm. We could have went on and just continued to have awkward moments, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. we, you can do that, but if you really want to be healthy um, inside and out and then say, you know, you know, I can, I can have a good, healthy relationships. I will get married and stay married. Like mm-hmm. all these things are things that, um, get clarity when you're in, when you go to counseling, because they ask you questions that you don't even think of. And then they challenge you to break that down on why you think or believe the way that you do. Mm-hmm. I think as women, especially if we have been raised to be independent and educated, like, you know, I'm, I'm an educated woman. I have two degrees. I have a master's degree in psychology. Like yes, yes. I can say, I know how the mind works and I know how, and I can, and I know how to communicate with people to get what I want. Right. Because yes. I have had somewhat more training than yes. others in that area. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what I wanted was a real and whole relationship more than anything. And I think when you have a relationship with God, God the Father is a reflection of your relationship with others. And so it's kind of like I still was having a barrier with God himself because I had one with my father. So it's like that true where we say, well, you know, put your trust in God. Am I really putting my trust in God or am I going to try to make it work on my own? Mm -hmm. And when you have issues with trust, that's what you end up doing, even though you may be saying something else with your with your mouth, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. So I, I think that in short, as 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 women, um, especially as as black women, as women in the church that are uh, ministers of the gospel, we have, like my dad said, is that you you think that you have the answers and that you should know better and that you should da da da. But you think you see throughout the Bible, so many um, uh, characters in the Bible still dealt with that. Elijah did his greatest miracle. And the very next day was scared of Jezebel that he was going to die. So it's like, we all go through these processes because we are human. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, we, the necessity of counseling and the combination of your trust and faith in God is the only way that you can actually get through it. Mm, Yes. Yes, Delisha. That was so good. They don't have to be 30 seconds. All these ones that are past 30 seconds are so good. You all have, you have written here in the book. Uh, Pastor Easley, understanding and healing can only happen in the midst of communication. How long did it take you to learn that? Well, put it this way. Everything that we talk about today, we are still learning and growing. Uh, It's it's never never a stop moment. It's never uh, a moment where I say, you know, I got it. We got going on that. The thing that I remember when uh, when Lisa and I was getting ready to to actually uh, depart from when I was throughout California mm-hmm. in one of our sessions, our counseling sessions, I remember uh, coming home and just kind of going through all this stuff and what she said. 
kind of dealing with that and what I said and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then one day, I guess about a week or so later, uh, we, we was on the phone with each other and she said, dad, you know, um, I, I, I just like to hear from you. If you just call me, uh, that would be just great mm -hmm. to do that. We can kind of just talk and stuff. Now you got to understand me. I'm not really a person that be calling people mm -hmm. and I mean, whether, mm -hmm. you know, a lot or whatever I would mm -hmm. call, we, you know, we talk and that kind of stuff. But it let me know that her, her, she needed me to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And so in the communication area. So once again, I learned something, uh, and you know, uh, a few years ago, uh, that she needed me to call her yes. to make sure that we have that communication. So yes. I'm still in the process of learning. There are specific steps that you need to take and always communication. These are two major ones. Always be willing to listen and always be clear in your communication mm -hmm. and making sure that, that, that there's clarity and making sure the person that you're talking to do understand that. And I think that that's, that's kind of uh, the other thing. The other thing about church people, one part of communication that we leave out as church people, mm -hmm. and I can talk about church folks because I'm a church person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, 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 you get a pass. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I don't hope my car be full from me, though. But there's another component that's in me, and it's called F-E-E-L. It's feel. You know, mm -hmm. how, you know, what What are you feeling about that? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't talk about that. You know, mm -hmm. church, we kind of shout it out, we run it out, we pray it out, shout it out, we do all the yeah. things we need to do, but, but never deal with the total root of the issue that's connected to an emotion. And mm -hmm. when you find out what that emotion triggers, where it came in at, either 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 came in from a, a relationship, mm -hmm. came in from uh, the enemy, came in from the mm -hmm. devil, came in from other ways, or, or even growing up as a child. When you do that, you can then clear up a lot of your emotions and then clear up your communication because your communication is tied with your emotions. Mm, so are you saying start cleaning up the, <laughs> the emotional part and your communication will clear up? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that's part of it, not the yes. only thing. But I believe that once my emotions that I wasn't going to be rejected by Delicia, and Alicia would listen to her dad, and 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 we have a great conversation. Once I got over that emotional part of me and pulled down that wall, she was able to communicate with me, and I was able to communicate with her. You know, because I was the dad that she would call me for everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, you know, all of my girls say that, you know, they're daddy's girl uh, because of the simple fact that I'm going to be there. They call me and say, hey, how to do this, how to do that. I'm going to tell them how to do it. I'm going to walk them through it mm -hmm. and, and navigate that through it. But when that breakdown, breakdown happened, um, uh, and they're trying to correct me with my words, when mm -hmm. that breakdown happened, it, it took, you know, it took me away from that. And mm -hmm. so... I didn't know how to approach her. So when she opened that door up, say, hey, call me. Let's talk. Let's just mm. talk about whatever. And boom, that door. And I dealt with my emotions of rejection. Boom, it, the, the door opened. And now we have just this great dialogue, you know, and, yes. it's, uh, and it's awesome. Wow. This, is, this episode is going to touch a lot of uh, young women that, have these relationships with their fathers and they're not sure just how to navigate them. And so just, especially when there is an hierarchy in the relationship, right? When you have a, a father right. that is a pastor or a leader of some sort. So Delisha, how do you go from having a pastor that is, that leads people to having to be the daughter that is now leading the pastor? Mm. Um, 
I think that it, it started very early on. Um, I've always been the different child. Yes. <laughs> that I, 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 will, yes. Um, if they say, you know, you're born a leader or something. Yes. I, I don't know about that. I know that I was placed in a family that helped cultivate my leadership yes. tendencies, abilities, and skills mm-hmm. to a point that I always um, would just be like, you know, I don't know. I just had no fear of saying whatever I wanted to say. Now, mm-hmm. that, that sometimes did get me in trouble. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my in my in my younger years, mm-hmm. when me and my dad was having uh, rifts and things as mm-hmm. a teenager, but um, I think for me it was just knowing we always had you know our parents didn't make us get safe, right? Yes, it was yes. more so they would have you go to church, you go to church, and then when you became of age, they would be like, you know, you can come, you don't have to come to church on you know this Bible study night. Mm-hmm. We would like you to, mm-hmm. but we want you to have your own relationship with God. They really push mm-hmm. your own relationship with God. Yes. So I think the idea of him as a pastor at home wasn't yes. like, oh, because you're my pastor. It was like, no, you're daddy now. Yes. So <laughs> yes. there's no, it wasn't like a, it was hesitant to to say, but like as my dad said, you kind of get got to get past that emotion. And I don't think I had an emotion of rejection as much as I was just, kind of fearful of his reaction like would he think that I not that I don't think that what he's done is enough or if if he uh kind of fearful of how he will react or will this hurt him too much to address an error that I see um a thing that we talked about is like we actually just had a conversation not even too long ago maybe it was the beginning of this month I mean not this month but this year or the end of last year where we talked about um our love languages and like mm. what really works because we think something is our love. like my dad he loves giving things our whole life right mm-hmm. we all it was valentine's day we all have valentine's yes my mom all of yes. us like that's yes. <laughs> mine too everybody yes. gets to get right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the people are like i never had a valentine i'm like i've never not had one i don't know right. what you're talking about but it, right. you know like and those are things that i cherished so when it was when it was time to actually confront my dad on something that I thought was incorrect or something that we needed to change. And it, it was, it was challenging, but at the same time, the value of that healthy relationship was way outweighed my fear, outweighed everything. It's like, I'm just going to say it. And you know, mm-hmm. the worst thing somebody could say is no. And that just mm-hmm. means not right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that, I hope that answers the question. No, yes, definitely it did. I am I am uh encouraged by you all and how you all were able to just push through and a lot of the things that we have learned is is in our DNA, is generational. How do we break away, pastor? How do we break away from something that's in our DNA? It's in us. So how do you cut that umbilical cord so you can really get past the, the, you know, not know the absentee of the father. So you really know, you know, my husband doesn't know who his father is, never met him. So how do you get past the resentment? How do you get past the, what about me, God, to move into, 
you know, what a real man is and, and the, the learning of it. How do you get past the resentment to get to the learning, the healing? Sure. Sure. One thing that I love about God is that God knew you before you was even conceived in your mm, mother's womb. He yes. fashioned you and he called you to be great. He set something special in store for you. Yes. And because of that, he knows exactly what you need in order to, uh, I would say, incubate that growth yes. in that, especially men. Sometimes men don't know who their father is. That's, that's not the excuse to utilize that you don't have those attributes and learn. You do have what God does. God says that he'll be a father to you. And this is not just one of those church type of sayings here. Yes. The church, you know, God will be a father to you. He'll be a mother to you. This is not one of those sayings. I'm saying when God says he'll be a father to you, he will allow men to come into your life mm -hmm. that will be able to mentor you mm -hmm. in the processes in which you need to grow. And I think that what I needed to do was to learn that I can receive from other men. Mm -hmm. And what I had to do was put an ax to the root. The Bible talks about that. And I have to put that ax to the root and not blame my father for not being in my life. Cause my, I, I'm, I'm one of those kids, you know, I, I you know, uh, I'm getting ready to tell some of the book. I can't do that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it, <laughs> give us a little taste, please. Just give us a little taste. <laughs> Yeah, you well, can well, give a testimony. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Okay. So, Two minute so, testimony. Hey, that's right. I got two minute testimony. So, anyway. <laughs> so, you know, uh, my testimony is I, you know, actually was reared by my mom from a single home as well. But my dad, you know, wasn't a bad dad as, as an absentee dad. My dad was in the Korean War as well as the Vietnam War. And because he was, he was absent in my life. So I didn't really have him even there when he was there. You know, uh, you know, I would see him two or three times a year. So it was, it was something like that. And when my mom and dad got divorced when I was 12 years old, I went through a plethora of things. And so the first thing I was looking for as a 12 year old is looking for someone that I can be mentored by. And I happened to run into one of the worst people to run into. And he was a, a drug dealer and a pimp all rolled up in the one. Nice. So that was my example mm -hmm. of what I had. And so because it's a craving on the inside of me mm -hmm. to have that mentoring, uh, uh, that relationship. And, and so I went after that way and it was totally the wrong way. And the same thing with uh, your husband as well, not knowing his father is going to be a blessing as God begins to bring mentors in your life that will begin to navigate you through that 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 maze. And, and that's what God does, man. God is so, he knows what you need before you even ask him. I'm yes. telling you, he knows these things. And I think that that's what we got to deal with. But your question was, how do you deal with it? How do you put an act to the root of that and then begin to transition into that? And I believe you got to be born again. You have to have Jesus Christ mm -hmm. as Lord of your life. You cannot use it just with methods and methodology. You're going to have to get a relationship with God. Me having a relationship with Christ opened up my heart and longing for to open my eyes and I can see that there were men around me that can be in our lives. You know, I'm going to say this part here and I may don't get in any uh, trouble or copyright trouble, but if people would go back and, and look at the, I think uh, Michael Jordan is right now doing, uh, did a special yes. uh, talking about the, uh, I think the last dance. Yes. If you go back and you look at the last dance and you see how his relationship with his father, all of a sudden he lost his father, but no one saw in the shadows this man named Gus. Mm. Gus was his father's replacement mm. when his father went home to be with the Lord. 
Gotcha. And if you look it up and see what Gus did, many people looked at Gus as just a security officer, but he was more than a security officer. Jordan mm. needed his encouragement. Jordan needed him around just yes. to tell him that everything's going to be all right. So I'm telling you with everything in me, God has men that is around that's waiting to mentor other young men. It's just that they got to open their eyes and they have to receive it. I even have young men today that I don't even know. You know, I mean, I don't, I never knew that they came into our church and now they call me dad. They call me father. I got to hear from you. I, and, and it's not a pastor thing. It's really a relationship as a father, yes. you know, and, and, it, and, it, and it's just beautiful. So I believe that that starts off when you really allow Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. I believe that that helps it. So you can see it in the secular world with Michael Jordan. So I believe that it does happen. I just, yes. I just believe that God does not leave us alone. Yes. He's, he's, he's always desiring to give us help. And I think that when we as men and women uh, that with absentee fathers, this, is, this book is not to stir up what you don't have and yes. all that. It's really to tell you a story about getting healed and allowing God to, to deliver and really cause you to be at a place of healing on the inside. Even if your father has gone home to be with the Lord, you can still get a chair and sit that chair down and speak mm. as you're speaking to your father. Just being able to release all of those things that you have inside your heart and release those things. We're not talking about anything weird or spooky. We're just talking about releasing those things that you feel in your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to deal with your heart and then begin to minister to you. Because that's what the Bible says the Holy Spirit will do, according to John chapter 14. I'm not going to preach, but I'm just saying that he will comfort you. He will comfort you. He will comfort you. And so the Holy Spirit is there to lead and guide you into all truth and empower you to become the sons and daughters of God. Man, this is perfect. We got 30 seconds left, man. If you all don't know now, the name of the book is called Letters from the Heart, A Dad and His Daughter's Journey from Unforgiveness to Healing. I am here with Delisha and Dexter Easley. Their book is dropping. Stay tuned. Thank y'all so much for coming out. I love you and God bless you. be a weekly podcast where I'll be sharing with you some of the quickest changes that have happened in my life and some of the rituals and some of the best practices that I have done that has allowed me to be able to be my best self as I process through the things that have happened to me, as well as interviewing some of the most amazing survivors, some of the amazing, most amazing nurses and servicemen that have had to transition out of being in the military and going uh, into being a civilian, some of the widows that have lost some of their husbands and some of the things that are happening in the world today. You'll be getting a front row seat into what is happening in the homes uh, across America. So uh, thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you would like to find me on social media, you can find me at Shirley, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y underscore Gore, G-O-R-E. If you would like to be on the show, I can be reached at Shirley, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y underscore G-O-R-E on Instagram. Thank you so much. My aim is to build lives, build communities, build neighborhoods. Have a blessed day.